You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of The Assembly Call, as today your Indiana Hoosiers go on the road without their starting point guard and beat Michigan 78-75 to to move to 7-1 and on the season overall and 2-0 and in the Big Ten as they notch both early Big Ten wins. Uh, this was a game uh, that uh, seemed to be slipping away from IU a little bit. It was 56-51. to They were losing in the second half. Mike Woodson... Uh, took a timeout, and IU proceeded to come out of that timeout and score in their next seven possessions to really get back in the game. Uh, Sees a little bit of control, but uh, you know, ultimately uh, they were able to make enough plays down the stretch, made a few free throws. Uh, Michigan missed a few free throws, but uh, a really hard-fought game, a, a number of great contributions from uh, really anybody that uh, stepped on the floor for IU, which is what you need in a road game uh, against a, a, a team that maybe is of a similar caliber to you in Michigan. And so to be able to pick up a big 10 road win is absolutely huge, uh, huge for the confidence of this team. And uh, you know, lots of, uh, you know, lots of big plays guys stepped up who had not played well uh, at other times in the game. And so uh, lots to discuss uh, as we talk about this IU victory, but uh, certainly happy, happy to do it uh, with uh, you know, with a victory in hand. And so we'll uh, break it all down for you here. I'm Andy Bottoms here with the coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips, and uh, we are going to break the whole game down for you on the Assembly Call IU postgame show. And let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our Who's Your Proud Banner moment. Just, or just go. Just building anticipation of of the moment. Just go. Yeah. You're good. Just go. Uh, oh, I don't actually think. Yeah, maybe we don't use. Yeah, well, I don't think show. we do I mean, it on game nights. Oh man, totally. That's on me. Uh, all right. Well, the the banner moment today uh, was going to be uh, that stretch that I mentioned uh, coming out of that timeout, just really showing what a great uh, you know finger on the pulse that Woodson seems to have for this team, and uh, great timeout, great response out of the timeout by the team. But uh, you've got to go to the toward the end of the game. It's tied at seventy three. IU dumps it inside to Khalil Ware, uh, who makes a great move, fends off uh, the defender, and makes a, a, a semi-sky hook, I would say, to put IU up 75-73. Uh, also uh, blocked the or uh, you know had blocked the shot a couple possessions before that, but IU would never really relinquish uh, the lead once he gave it to him there. Uh, he made some big plays early. He had really gone quiet. Renew picked up. Renew was the opposite, quiet early. Uh, picked up a lot of the slack late, and those guys uh, combined for a number of big plays. But that uh, that play by Ware and, and his play really throughout blocking the last pass to keep Michigan from even getting off a potential tying shot attempt. Uh, you just see a guy who continues to grow uh, and play hard and and improve each and every game. And so uh, a, a big shot from him in a situation where he had not scored many points uh, leading up to that. But that, uh, that sky hook. Uh, was good enough to give IU the lead and good enough for the banner moment for Khalil Ware. All right. Our banner moment, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, who, who is now in their seventh season sponsoring the assembly call. Home Field Apparel, for the team. And 
as you know, Homefield is the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you'll find anywhere and is much better at doing things than Coach and I are so far in the show and timing up what we're doing here. Uh, but, uh, you know, IU is their flagship school, as, as all of you know. Uh, and so there's plenty of high-quality gear with IU logos from the past that is right around the corner. Not too late to get in your uh, Christmas wish lists uh, from Homefield. Uh, but it's also not just IU. Their product line extends to well over 150 colleges and universities, plus the Colts, their core collection, and much more. Uh, I personally just received, uh, let's say, a half dozen things from Homefield that I'd ordered uh, as, as part of their deal. So uh, one of them, uh, an IU long sleeve shirt, another a hoodie to celebrate uh, Michael Penix and the Washington Huskies. So no matter what you buy, you know that it'll be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through the Kelly School of Business and isn't shy about showing its love for the Hoosiers. You can go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your entire first order. Again, that's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. That website, again, is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, now it's time. We've worked out the early game uh, jitters and issues here. So uh, let's move the ball, find the open man. See if I can stop messing stuff up and uh, get some thoughts on the rest of our team. Uh, Ryan, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, anything to rant about tonight outside of, you know, Peacock, the fact that I had to have my TV volume at about 50, um, and uh, the fact that Stephen Bardo was on the call. Uh, but uh, outside of that, anything to rant about? Plenty of things to go to. I, I don't know how I'm going to follow that smooth as silk intro, guys. I really don't. <laughs> you guys just working yeah. hard over there. Um, you know, this is a this is a huge early season win for Indiana. And, and I know Michigan is scuffling, but uh, look at the top of the Big Ten standings right now. And your Indiana Hoosiers are sitting right there at 2-0. and And there's a certain school not too far up the road that is not there yet. And uh, I think that's big for Indiana, that being that this team is young, being that it has not played together that long to go on the road in conference. I don't care who you're playing and to go get a win when I don't think Indiana played its best, especially in the first half. We saw him just throwing the ball all over the gym. It, it felt like going into halftime that they should have been up about 10 points and Michigan had the lead. And, and you're looking at like, oh, man, now Michigan's kind of figuring it out. And, and you wasted an opportunity where you turn the ball over 10 times and Michigan didn't start well and you let them back in the game and and let him hang around, and it looked like Michigan was kind of getting it together. But Indiana stepped up in the second half, and and what was the most impressive about this game wasn't any individual performance, though there were a couple that we're going to talk about. Indiana had, I believe it was, nine players play, and eight of them scored six or more points. Uh, or was it ten that played? It was a three, four, five, six. Seven. No, it's nine who played, and eight had six or more points. This is a balanced game from these guys everybody contributed in one way or another some guys did it on defense some guys did it on offense but they scored across the board without your senior point guard you need guys to step up because Gabe Cups God love him he played great defense tonight but he's not really going to give you much on offense and so you're missing the 15 points or so that Xavier Johnson is going to give you that's got to come from other guys and everybody else stepped up so it was huge to get that. Peyton Sparks had a nice run. CJ Gunn hit a couple jumpers. Caleb Banks had some nice drives. Anthony Walker just kind of doing little things on offense, following things, you know, backdoor cut for a dunk. I, 
it was just nice to see other guys contribute and, and to come in and be confident that they could contribute, especially against the team while Michigan isn't playing well. That's a talented roster and, and, and Indiana's guys felt like they could go at them. And so the confidence you're seeing there, you're just hoping you can carry that forward now and continue to build on it. I think we've seen over the last three games, Indiana's really starting to show some life outside of Malik Renu and Khalil Ware doing what they do. Other guys are starting to get it. Other guys are starting to lock in and other guys are starting to play really well. And that's what this team's going to need. This team's going to need all of those parts working together to get to the to its highest point and get to the the place that I think that everyone thinks it could go to. So really big win for Indiana. Uh, I, you know, it's hard to, to say something this early in the season's like season changing or anything like that. It's not, but it's a really good win to put on the resume and build confidence as you're moving forward. And you head into January now with a big 10 road win on the docket already. You don't have to go find those with as much urgency. You've got one in the bank. Yep. Uh, Coach, uh, it's Tonsoni time. What are your opening thoughts on the win tonight? Handling adversity. Uh, This team did a great job within the game of improving in spots within the game and putting adversity behind them to find the will to win a game late. Uh, You mentioned it in in your opening that there were several parts where you, you felt good about the game and then the game felt like it was slipping away and you had individual players that really struggled for major parts of the game that were dominating uh, down the stretch. That is a sign uh, of a team that is connected. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about all the turnovers and all of that stuff, which is part of the evaluation of tonight's game. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily super pretty. But to go on the road for the first time with a bunch of new players and come out with the win against a team that, you know, uh, again, is talented, I thought they handled adversity and they stuck with it. And you got a lot of key moments uh from from the bench, as Ryan said, that just really sparked this team. And then you have a guy like Mbako, who they were taking out for defensive purposes, and they put him in cold, and he knocks down free throws. So you're starting to see where this team needs to be to win big, big games. And from a bracketology aspect, and we all kind of you know somewhat panicked way too early about the net. We shouldn't pay attention to it until about mid-January, late January. But it's a game that will help build those statistics up, and it's a road win, which the committee, if you're getting close to a, a seed line or even selection for the committee, winning road, road games, and now you hope Michigan goes on a run and, and you, you have that, uh, that stay a, a quad one. But it was handling adversity. Individual C.J. Gunn from game to game coming in and handling it. Trey Galloway was not very good, made some key plays. Uh, that that's good to see. I thought coach Woodson, uh, had one of his better games. I thought the strategy was good. I thought hundred percent agree. Hundred execution, execution was horrible by the players in the first half, but his coming out of timeouts, coming out of the halftime, uh, making some subs, uh, at times were better tonight. I still have some issue with that, but I thought it was really a, a well-coached uh, game. That's two in a row, uh, here in the big 10 for coach Woodson. Yeah, I, I think, think he's, he's coached three games in a row really well. I, I really do. And Harvard, I think three, yeah. of the, three of the better games he's coached at IU. And and I'll even throw Louisville in there, switching to that zone, like, you know, going against his right. tendencies and switching to a zone late. I, I think he's had a run of really well-coached games. Um, I still think there's not enough movement on offense. And, uh, you know, how much of that's the players, how much of that the coaches, you, you don't really know right now. Uh, just uh, just on the perimeter, I think guys throw it into the big guys and kind of are waiting for something to happen. But that's not necessarily on the coaching staff. It's just guys getting kind of caught yeah. watching the ball. 
Uh, but I think that that Woodson has done a really nice job over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think I think that you know leads well into at least one of the main things I want to talk about, which is just kind of the the pulse that he seems to have on the team and the, and the personnel. You know, I think it's it's fifty six fifty one as I said in that one stretch. Doug McDaniel had made a floater, finally made a shot. He'd been uh, really trying to force things for for a while. Uh, puts Michigan up 56 to 51 and it really felt like IU hadn't scored in a few possessions outside of a tip in um, and it's midway through the second half he takes a timeout comes out you know two of the next three possessions gets renew the ball on the block inside who scores with his right hand which was uh, clearly not the scouting report uh, on him nor should it have been at that point but you know was able to score inside Mbako scored uh, on a big drive after, you know, Michigan hits a three, Mbako just comes right back down, like rams it right down their throat, gets to the basket and scores. Uh, you had C.J. Gunn step into a three and make it. Lobbed Anthony Walker that was a really nice pass from Trey Galloway. Galloway hits a couple free throws. Gunn hits a couple free throws. I mean, that stretch right there really got IU back in the game and built the confidence that they really needed. And it was such a key timeout uh, in, in that scenario, not just to settle them down and say, hey, we're going to get the ball inside to Malik coming out of this timeout, but just to kind of like, calm everybody down, get everybody back in the game, stop the momentum just a little bit uh, and, and, and work through that stretch. I mean, to me, that stretch while the wear shot was fantastic, like that was really what won IU the game because they went from feeling like they were teetering to being able to come back, take the lead in that stretch, and then kind of play a little bit of a back and forth game until they got to that point. But, you know, coaches, you look at that stretch, you know, what did you see, schematically that they did differently coming out of that? Was it just as simple as, Hey, we got to get Malik the ball or was, was there a little bit more to it that than that, that you saw? Well, I, I think they're doing a, a better job of, of when they have good offense, they move and then the ball goes into the post instead of just throwing it into the post. There still is a lot of standing. Miller cop brought that up in the last game show about are the perimeters. I'm really watching that. Are the perimeters yeah. cutting to or moving to an open spot when they're spacing on that? And, and the, uh, I just think that it was interesting that Michigan went away, started without doubling at the beginning of the game, then went to a double, and then went away from it down the stretch, and Renew just really took advantage of it. So I think, um, you know, there, there's some issues with us with double teams and kickouts that we can discuss uh, later, but uh, we just got the ball at a right time. I, and, and again, I give credit to C.J. Gunn in that stretch. Um, he came in and just was a menace defensively. And when he hit that shot, that was a big, big momentum. And that's one of the things we've talked about, about hitting threes. And I don't know that we want to go down that path tonight. Let's celebrate to win. But <laughs> when you hit threes, they can be momentum. They're not just three points, they're momentum. And I think hitting that three by CJ really helped the team get back into a part where, hey, we can get back in this game and make a run, uh, and they did. And so that's why we're all clamoring for for more threes, not not 35 live by the three, die by the three, but uh, uh, timely threes can be a very important in the overall feeling. But that, that's – A timely CJ three is like a big dunk. And renew. It, it is. Yeah. Um, and and th those were the keys right there. Uh, and then they – I thought they guarded rather well for the most part. They did. Um, tonight especially that's a couple early games in a row. yeah off the jump they guarded the perimeter real well they lost they were it staying close half. ryan they yeah. weren't switching they, as much and they were yep. they they did some nail slot screens. rim yep. but they also stayed a little bit closer and they were trusting their rim protection so that's, everyone sees gabe cups get driven that's almost what you want just stay in front of them gabe and raise your hands 
Yep. Uh, and then let that la- that late play it. where he where he where yeah. he fouled McDaniel. You're kind of like, oh, just don't foul him. He's he's dead you're- on the baseline. He's gonna have to shoot it over you and Malik er, and yep. Khalil Ware. Like, you know, you're let it seeing go. Seeing some but- adjustments to yes. the defensive to the game plan to the personnel from Coach Woodson here as the season goes on that have been fantastic defensively. Absolutely. At times they I, switch. I thought- at times they don't. At times they doubled. At times they didn't. It's more active and changing things up than a, just a one way of doing things. I agree, and I and I think worth noting was that that starting unit has struggled at times this year with the perimeter defense, and they've been better lately. But I mean, that's where we've seen them really struggle. I thought they were good from the jump. Michigan helped them a little by just kind of being slow to start. But that first ten minutes, they really defended the perimeter well. Kind of slacked off the back half of the second half or the first half, and then maybe a little to start the second half. But I thought they locked down as the game went on. Uh, Woodson, you know, sort of locked in on the players who were playing well. He even, you know, I thought Cups played really well defensively, but at one stretch, he wanted a bigger guy on right. guarding Michigan's perimeter. So they put CJ Gunn in, took him out. They had Mbako in there. Then they swapped Mbako in and uh, and Cups and had more aggressive defense on the perimeter. I, I thought it was a really good job of mixing and matching instead of sticking with we have to have the five starters on the court together at these points now let's get the second unit out there he was mixing and matching the guys who were playing well and and especially rewarding cj gunn who at times has not gotten back in the game after you know an early right. stretch where he hasn't played well or something i thought the, they did a really good job of matching to the personnel cj's more athletic he's longer he's more aggressive that fits against michigan i thought it was a really smart way to do it yeah, I mean, I thought another defensive adjustment he made was uh, after Kamwa got pretty hot for Michigan, he right. started having wear guard him a little bit more, and and I thought that really gave him some trouble. But yeah, I want to stick with CJ Gunn for a minute, uh, Ryan, and and I'll go back to you on this. I thought yeah, obviously Coach said during that stretch he was big, had a couple of steals in there, and that stretch could have been even better. It, I, I'm looking the way that I charted this down the stretch. I used scored. 27 points on the last 17 possessions. So that's 1.59 points per possession. There were three possessions they didn't score. Two of them were back-to-back where they should have had layups in transition. Yeah. You know, Gunn kind of throws – makes a great steal, throws a weird lob to Galloway who can't finish. Then Gunn does a Euro step after he gets another steal the next time, like going across the lane trying to flip it back up with his left hand. But, man, he made some just tough-as-hell defensive plays, and I continue to think he is the best on-ball defender that this team has. Feels uh, like it. He he really was able to lock some guys up. And I think we finally saw what he might look like being mixed in with some of the starters. Um, yeah. That's something we've talked about before. And um, so I guess I'll open it up just for you to talk a little bit about with him and, and, and how much difference that seemed to make for him when he wasn't a primary option. He was able to be a complementary piece with the second unit or or with the you know a number of the starters and and really seemed more comfortable in that role and focused a ton on defense with that group and was super disruptive. Yeah, one thing that's interesting with him when he's with the second unit, I feel like those guys are almost fighting for shots. You know, it's like it's it's you know and they don't need to because they could all get some, but I feel like when they get in they're sort of like okay, I guess I'm supposed to go and this is my opportunity, let me go. Whereas when they're when you know you see he or Banks with the starting, they just kind of flow better. They just kind of they realize I'm not option number one. The ball comes to me. We'll make something happen. But I'm not here to direct traffic. And I thought CJ Gunn. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Other than X, I think he is the best on ball defender. Um, I think more so not just because of his ability defensively. Because I think Trey Gallo is a really good on ball defender, too. But he also has length and athleticism that Trey just doesn't have. And I think that, you know, Trey's an athlete, but he just doesn't have the length and the lateral quickness 
that CJ does and CJ's ability to just match up with anybody on the perimeter and, and make it, you know, havoc for him. And he also has great instincts for where the ball is going to be. And, and that's why you're seeing him get so many steals. You're seeing him be so disruptive. He just has great instincts. And so it was really nice to see him. Yeah. Get in with that top unit and then be able to let the game kind of come to him as opposed to having to go find it. And, and I, you know, he looked comfortable. I mean, those threes he took, he stepped right into them. They were not awkward. They were not flat-footed like, oh, I guess I'm shooting here. And you saw Trey Galloway have a few of those tonight where he was just caught the ball and he really didn't want to shoot but said, there's no one within 10 feet of me. I got to shoot this. He knew his shot was off and has been off, but he still fired him away. So I don't know. Uh, I, I think that seeing C.J. Gunn play like this is is great, and especially with Xavier Johnson out if you can get extra stuff from him on both ends of the floor, it's found money, man. It really is because you need it from these guys and you need more from the perimeter. Well, and he's um, a guy who really, when you think about defensively, I'll, I'll throw it to you just a second coach, you know, he, he's able to, because of his length, able to cover a lot of ground. So the one steal that he made late in the game, he's able to dig down a little bit, swipe at the post and then get back out to intercept the pass that they're, you know, trying to kick back out. I, I just think, you know, he has pretty good instincts in, in that regard as well and, and was able to get there. But you're right. The length that he has makes him, you know, such a, a, a guy that's so easy to get in passing lanes and things like that. But coach, what were you going to what were you going to add about him? Yeah, I, I'm going to put this comment up um, from uh, Brett Gearhart about um, he doesn't jump as high. He's making a transition from high school where he could jump, hold on to the ball and hit on the way down because there's more room in high school, even at the Lawrence North talent level. But in college, you got to get your shot off a little bit quicker. And yep. when I'm down there, at can't games, hold the ball hostage. Right, Brett. I, when I'm watching him warm up, I can I can predict when the ball's going in and when it's not. And it's exactly what you've said here in this comment when he's shooting on the way up fluid. And then coming down, the ball's going in. When he holds on to it a little bit longer, the ball's not going out. And he just got volume shots like that in high school, and he grooved that shot. But it's got to be a little different in college. That, And also not getting a lot of shots that your form, sometimes you don't get into a rhythm when you don't yeah. get as many shots. But I want to point out something, too, that uh, right after that big three, he makes a great help uh, on defense when C.J. Walker lunges on the wing and then C.J. runs back to his man. They X'd out and they got to stop and the ball get went out of bounds. C.J. misses a layup in the first half, I believe at 115, and immediately hustles two steps back and knocks the ball back and gets a, a, a basket. Gets a steal and then leads up for a dunk for, for where in the first half. The threes we're all going to love about C.J., but his complete game what uh, was incredible in, in, in getting – and he made two great steals or deflections and things there uh, yep. in that run that you said, Andy, ended up in missed shots. Uh, he did make the one bad play where he threw it back in out of bounds. I thought he was trying to reestablish himself, and then he was falling yeah. out and thought he – you know, uh, he should have thrown it someone. to the corner. He thought he had something. Um, but other than that, I, I just thought he did a lot of great hustle plays. Uh, plays all all night tonight and that happens when a shooter hits a three then uh, a lot of good things happen but he locked in defensively first tonight and that was that's going to be really important for coach Woodson one yep. thing I want to mention before we get out of this segment just because we're talking about guys who impressed us tonight uh, uh, Mackenzie Mbaka we may not talk about him tonight because there's so much else to get to but coming in off the bench cold and canning two free throws at the end uh, incredibly important he hadn't played in a little bit. He hadn't shot in a little bit. 
came in. He had been on offense a couple times in that stretch. They were going offense defense, but he comes in off the bench, hits those two free throws. That was absolutely huge for a freshman to come in and do that. And he is Indiana's best free throw shooter, so you can rely on him. But on the road, his first Big Ten road game, hadn't played in a bit, hadn't shot the ball in a bit, comes in, knocks those two free throws down. I thought that was enormous. Yep. Uh, one, one other thing wanted to touch on. I mean, it wouldn't be an IU postgame show if we didn't talk about the uh, the interior play on the, on the front line. So it was, uh, you know, kind of a tale of, of two halves for both uh, Khalil and Malik. So first half, Khalil ends up with nine points, really came out, um, played well uh, early on, but only got eight minutes because of foul trouble. So even in that gets, you know, nine points. In just the eight minutes, Renew, on the other hand, only ends up with four in the first half, a couple turnovers, then came out, turned the ball over a couple times in the first few possessions of the second half, but ultimately really got settled in, had a couple stretches where they really played through him as they've done so many times this year. He ends up with 11 points in the second half compared to just four for Khalil Ware, although the biggest one uh, from Khalil was that that shot uh, that was mentioned in the banner moment. So you know, sick. I, th- I, th- I think that, you, you know, I, th- I think, as you look at those guys, they continue to complement each other well, but really want to talk about Malik because I thought he struggled for a good chunk of the game and, and credit to him for being able to settle in and, and make some of those plays when they went back to him. But, you know, Coach, what, what did you see from him that he was really struggling with? I know we've talked a lot about how much he's putting the ball on the floor and some of those kinds of things, but he, he really, for, I don't know, two-thirds of the game, uh, maybe maybe three-quarters of it, really struggled in in stretches in a way that he had not uh, coming into this game. Yeah, you know, come to think of it, I don't know if he was getting the opportunities that he got late when Indiana just designed to go into him as the clutch player, which is a compliment to him. Uh, But he struggles sometimes in recognizing the double team, and he spin dribbled. Early on, I think he uh, he had a post move, and he tried to reverse spin, and the guard came down and knocked it down. Uh, But he had four turnovers, three in the first half, and then one again to start the second half. He was just making bad decisions. I thought he was really his worst game up until the very end, and he might get my game ball. I'm undecided. Like, yeah. there's so many ways you can go on the game ball. But when you get the ball down the stretch and, and put the game away and put it, the team on your back and handle the adversity within the game, what I mentioned in my opening, he is a bright, shining star for that because he was not good offensively. He didn't rebound. Then uh, whatever, however you pronounce that guy in a 13 or whatever from come or whatever. I'm not even, not yeah, even going to try. Uh, so uh, that and Shitter or Shedder or whatever his name was, they got some tough names. Shedder, please. Sh- it's Shedder. Shedder. It's Shedder. Uh, but he was getting abused there four times in a row, uh, and, and he was getting out-rebound. He just struggled for whatever reason. Yeah. He was struggled, but he didn't let it stay with him. And when it came time, he wasn't pouting. And, and, and yes, you want players to play perfect, and, yes, he's going to have a hard time in the film room uh, when they get back to campus and watch film because it wasn't pretty. But he's going to get a lot of praise from that coaching staff for sticking with it and ending up with 15 points uh, and some key buckets. Uh, but he he just, this, didn't, he just didn't have a feel tonight. Uh, and sometimes players have that in a 32-game schedule. Um, didn't have a feel. Ware had it going early. The foul trouble got him in and out at times. Uh, and so, you know, but he his rebounding is fantastic, guys. Just, just a huge part um, of, of yeah. this team being good. Yeah, and, and and Ryan, feel free to hop in on Renew here as well. But but I think where this was maybe one of the first games where 
maybe a, a little bit like the UConn game, but this was like more of an introduction to true Big Ten basketball yes. than I think what you saw against Maryland, where he's just getting Whatever hammered. I thought there were multiple times in the in the you know first half where guys kind of like walking up into him while he's shooting. Uh, and Maryland Renew did got, not do that to it. Renew got banged a bunch, and so this was. Um, you know, I think you see what a weapon that turn on jump shot can be. I, I was glad that in that moment at the end of the game, he didn't rely on that and settle for that, uh, as he's done some other times, but I, I thought it was, um, a good way to see him play through some of the physicality that, that he's going to see as we head through the rest of the season. Yeah. Phil Martelli had them playing Philadelphia basketball, had Michigan playing Philadelphia basketball tonight. And, and there's, I've always been told there's, there's Philadelphia basketball, there's Indiana basketball, and there's LA basketball, LA, or Indiana is very solid shooting perfect form, all that. LA is very flashy. Philadelphia is punch you in the kidneys whenever you go up for a shot. And that's what it felt like was going on tonight. And hey, if the officials aren't going to call it, it's it's going to be a tough bruising game. And that's what it was. That's what the Big Ten is. And and I thought that where they weathered it, you know, I think that I'll, I'll say with everybody, I think the adrenaline of the beginning of the game really hit them hard and they came out very energized. We're playing really fast defense. And when that wore off, everybody kind of hit a wall and they were real loose with the basketball. And, you know, it was it was everybody. You'd see, like, like Peyton Sparks grabbed a rebound and dropped it, like, twice and tried to dribble and dropped it again. Like, they just weren't solid with the basketball. That happens to you on the road when you're not used to being on the road in those environments. And, and so I think that Renew, he's in his second year, but this is the first time he's being heavily relied upon in those situations. And he's, you know, they're making, I mean, guys who usually make smart plays are, are tossing the ball out of bounds are, are going tossing into bigs and you're playing an athletic team. You're trying to throw it over a CJ gun, try to throw it over the top on a rainbow, you know? And it's like, you're not getting that over a six ten guy who's athletic CJ, you know I mean? You're just not now lesson learned. They started to get better. Second half, only three turnovers, but you saw everybody, including renew having a struggle there. But the thing that I love about Malik Renew is how damn tough he is mentally to not just give up. He's only a sophomore who didn't start last year. He comes back in the second half, and when Indiana needed him, he was there. He bullied his way to a number of baskets and was not timid despite getting hammered consistently. I mean, there were three or four times he went up for shots where he just absolutely got annihilated. You text us, Andy. It's like... You know, he could get hit with a two by four right now. They're not calling a foul. And and I think that might have happened once, actually. But um, I, I think they quickly slid it off the floor. Yeah, but I it was just, like a, it was like a wrestling scenario yes, where it yeah, came the, out. And the then other guy grabs it from him away. and throws it yeah. into the front row. There's somebody who sits on it. Yeah. Um, but no, I just it, it's the mental toughness to not give up on a game you're not playing that well. And I thought he played pretty well defensively, too. I Look, some of those jumpers that were getting hit over him, I'll, I'll have that guy take those all game. He's not getting by you. He's not laying it up. He's shooting it over a 6'9 guy with an outstretched arm. He's going to make those. You tip your cap and walk away. I'd rather have that than renew fouling him to, you know, to 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 try and make that tougher on him. Um, so I just thought it was really good. And by the way, Khalil Ware, and I mean, we've done nothing but sing his praises that this year, that bucket he scored down the street, that is an NBA move. And that is why people are salivating about him back to the basket, cruising across the lane, little sky hook, like perfect. No question. It was going in kid had all the confidence in the world, despite what happened last year at Oregon, he has the confidence on the road at Michigan in that building in his first big 10 road game to make that play and have, I'm sorry, the balls to do that. Love that kid. He is an absolute star and he's only going to get better. 
Absolutely. All right. Well, coming up, we're going to continue our breakdown of the 78 to 75 IU victory at Michigan. We'll point out some meaningful moments that you might have missed, uh, which is a great going to be a great way to highlight some of the contributions from the bench. And then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. If you're listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, this is Jawan Morgan. What's the only thing better than getting IU's first triple-double in 47 years? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. All right, welcome back to the assembly call IU postgame show. I'm Andy Bottoms here with the coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's 78-75 win over Michigan, which moves the Hoosiers to 2-0 in Big Ten play. And now it's time for today's meaningful moment that you might have missed. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. Uh, lots of meaningful moments. And, and guys, I think you know, Ryan mentioned the balance scoring and some of the contributions from uh, the guys off the bench. I thought, uh, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, some of these meaningful moments are going to be very much uh, in my head centered around the bench guys who made plays. So I'm going to start uh, early in the first half uh, where – you know, Gabe Cups, I think this was right after um, – I think he had I – don't, I don't think it was him who turned the ball over, but I don't know if it was when uh, they went to a timeout and McDaniel kind of stuck his finger in his face or something like that. Cups came out pretty quickly thereafter. I think it was after this. And basically just picked his pocket, stole the ball, gets down the court, leaves it for Khalil Ware for a dunk. And, and there was another time – actually, I don't think that was it. It was when Cups got fouled. I, I think he uh, he made a couple free throws at one point and actually made one of the more um, aggressive drives to the basket that IU had in the first half where guys were really overplaying, you know, went to the basket. Just thought he showed in a couple moments that he was not afraid uh, of the situation. And while, as we said, he didn't really – you know, didn't score a lot, thought he played good defense, did a great job trying to fight through some of the ball screens to get around to – uh, to keep McDaniel hemmed in. But I thought a couple of real just kind of toughness plays from from Gabe early uh, with that steal against McDaniel and then the the big drive. Uh, like I said, one of those two came after um, either he he fouled or made a turnover or something, but basically just like responding in the moment. I think, Coach, you said this earlier about the resiliency uh, within the game. But, um, you know, Coach, I'll throw it to you. Any, any thoughts on, on Gabe Cups or even if you want to transition to a, uh, a meaningful moment? Yeah, I, I – 
Gabe Cups is there to move the basketball and try to keep a guy in front of him as much as possible. He's not replacing X. Uh, he, he can't do what X can do with the basketball or even no. defensively. So he's got to do what Gabe Cups is doing, and he's going to do that. He's not going to fill a stat sheet. Uh, but he does make a lot of plays, and for the most part, teams are going to come after him. So he's going to give up drives, and it may look like he's getting abused, but that's where you trust that uh, rim protection uh, in the back, that he's got to do that without fouling, just contest, hold your hands up, make it a difficult shot, and let your bigs come clean that stuff up. Uh, I, I think he's doing what Gabe Cups can do. He wasn't brought in to be a starter this year. He, he was brought in to be a backup. He's forced to be a starter. And for the most part, he is doing things that help Indiana win uh, win ball games. But he, he's not going to be a volume scorer. I'd like to see him get his feet set on those kickouts and be a little more confident shooting the three because uh, I think he can hit it or, or drive to the elbow and pull up. But he's really not out there for shot volume. He's out there to, to guard, to get us into the right offense and, and to move the basketball, move people. And I think he's done a pretty good job. Uh, when I watched the, the Maryland game, he and Leo were fantastic. It looks bad when they get driven because they're not super athlete, athletic guarding people. But, boy, do they get people in the right spots and that ball moves and they, they're good passers. And, and I think we just got to make sure we understand what Gabe's role is. Uh, and and he's, a, he's a momentum guy, too. Like those two steals against Maryland and tonight, some of those times he just gets after things, he can really change momentum. Yeah, other, other meaningful moment from uh, another one of the bench guys. Uh, we'll talk Caleb Banks a little bit. And, and, Ryan, curious to get your thoughts on him. I thought he had a couple really nice drives where yeah. just put his head down, got to the basket, used his athleticism in matchups where – um, he, he, you know, he could, and even the one turnover that he made in the second half, which was actually, I use last turnover of the game at around 1126 left in the game, didn't turn the ball over for as bad as they played and took care of the ball early on, didn't turn it over for almost 11 and a half minutes in the game. I thought even that you could argue he got bodied a little bit into that travel, but yeah, was able yeah, to make a couple really cool. nice drives, finishing traffic, got the dunk off of the the scramble play where uh gun knocked the knocked the ball away and didn't give up on a play that coach mentioned earlier right. um, but I think you continue to see banks really provide that energy off the bench had some other plays where you miss putbacks but kept the ball alive uh, just feel like he's settling into a role but even within that is is a guy who's playing with a lot of confidence and and trying to use the advantages that he has with his quickness and being able to get to the basket yeah, that first drive he had, he just it was just a quick caught the ball, just quick rip through and went. There was no hesitation. There was no, oh, there's a lane for me here. He just ripped it through on his guy and went. He bullied his way through on another one. Uh, you're right on that one drive. He was absolutely bumped into a travel, and and the announcers even even pointed that out. He was he was he was bumped into it, not his fault on that. Well, he had one turnover, and that was it. Um, but yeah, I just I love his athleticism, and I love his general, you know, his size and athleticism on the wing is great for Indiana. And the fact that you're now seeing him start to develop that confidence, he and Gunn are sort of the same in the same position. You've got to find a role for yourself on this team. What's it going to be? You're not going to score 30 points like you did in high school this year. So what can you do? You can provide energy. You can play good defense and you cannot give up on plays. You block out, go get the ball. Yeah, you know, chase the, your man on defense, help communicate on defense early on. There was a miscommunication with, uh, with banks and I forget who the other one was and, and they got a three. Um, but you can do all the little things. And in doing that, you're going to build confidence for yourself that you can then go get points, go get baskets and provide even more value. It's a snowball effect. If you do the little things, 
with the energy, with the focus, with, you know, just working hard and outworking the guys across from you, you're eventually going to get the other things you want, which is you want to shoot a three every once in a while. You want to be able to knock that down. You want to be able to drive. Well, when you start doing the little things, you gain confidence. Then when you start making the baskets, you start driving, you start finishing, you gain more confidence to do even more of that. It builds upon itself. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so to see these guys start to sort of see that click, instead of getting down when things don't go their way, they're investing in the little things to just get more playing time. Because if you do that stuff, coaches cannot leave you on the bench. And then they're not leaving you on the bench. So now you've got more opportunities to prove yourself on the other end. And that's what's starting to happen, it looks like, with CJ Gunn and Caleb Banks. Is it going to be that way every game? No. If you play really bad coming out of the shoot, Woodson is a guy who will give you five minutes and bury you for the rest of that game and then give you another shot the next game. But... This is the start for those guys. This is them finding their role in this team and continuing to make themselves value. Make yourselves, you make yourself valuable. You're going to find that playing time, and then you have the chance to take advantage of it. And you're seeing that with both of those guys right now. Yeah, and I think another guy I'm going to throw into that uh, before I, I throw it to Coach for a meaningful moment that he had is, is Anthony Walker. I, I, he had a couple of just really, really poor games. Yep. Uh, trying on. to do too much, uh, and, and it – Seems like again, he's another guy who's who's settling into a bit of a role. Uh, scored on a great baseline out of bounds play in the first half. Was able to have another drive, kind of similar to what we talked about with Caleb Blanks, where you know he's a little bit undersized in some of these cases. But for a Big Ten team who's going to put a bigger guy out on him at the four, he's just going to drive right by somebody. Yep. Uh, and he's taking shots that you know are all going to the rim. Did the same thing really in the Maryland game. Uh, had the turnover this time where he basically got stuck with the ball at the end of the shot clock, but yeah. you know had the big t- had a tip in that was right before that big run that IU had. Uh, you know where misses a shot, but he's able to get in there and, and score on that. Uh, also had that lob from Galloway, so eight big points from him. Uh, thought he's gotten Didn't better defensively uh, in a lot of ways of being able to kind of stunt and get back where he needs to get, and even just recognition of where he needs to be and seeing things on the court. I think that's been night and day for him over these last few games and and again hopefully a sign of of guys starting to settle into roles on the team so uh coach any, any thoughts on walker uh i know i said i was going to throw it to you yeah. for a meaningful moment but i thought well that was one of my two talking about with the other guys then yeah. uh it, it made sense to talk through that that was going to be one of my two I, I liked his offensive rebound there i think he's he had a putback if i believe right or maybe mm-hmm. um yep. but what he does is, and IU used the post player, the foreman at the high post a lot, whether it was Renew catching on an elbow catch or where in the middle of the court and they run that little floppy action with the guards down. I really like that, and I think IU should call that more often. That They had the high-low first play of the game, then they had the high-low first play of the second half. They need to go back to that more, and that's where I, I would yeah. like for Woodson to keep calling those types of things because it's in their arsenal. But when they have that foreman at the top, what Walker provides is more athleticism than even Renew or Ware. They were throwing him the ball to relieve pressure. He was catching it like one or two steps past half court, and then he was going into the uh, dribble handoff, the DHO on the left side. But that was able to uh, – Michigan was getting into the guards, and that's where we started turning the ball over because we were leaning back and trying to throw the ball in the post. And that when Walker came in, he provided that, and then he's the slasher role that he has developed is key and if he can do that instead of hunting those 15 foot shots or three point shots or trying to do too much he had the one late shot clock mistake that that really is not his he's got to try to do something there to get a get a shot off I thought he was fantastic uh, tonight the other uh, the other thing is 
I'm, I'm big on these post kickouts. I'm going to talk about them over and over and over again and try to watch how IU gets better at them. They, uh, they've struggled. They struggle with the post kickouts on the doubles, and they're taking way too many bad shots at the rim. And I'd, want, I'd be interested to sit down with the coaching staff and, and wonder if they're hoping to get fouled or they want them to be aggressive. But there are times when you could dribble back out, find a trailer for a three, instead of flinging something. Banks does it a couple times. Galloway really does it. Uh, those transition uh, steals, when you 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 got to make a judgment instead of throwing some crap up there at, at the rim because you got a, a steal, you know you got guys coming back. That's a dagger too when you come down and they think they got the fast break and you play off two feet and kick it out for a three. But um, it was there was one where there was two post kickouts in a row. I think I have it. I don't know. It was late uh, in the game where Renew kicked it across. Then they fed the post into Ware, and then Ware kicks it back out, and I think we got a drive and a basket. It was two consecutive kickouts before the double team came where Indiana had been turning the ball over, but that's that's going to be important. Then the next possession down, yeah, I think it was uh, – then it, it put us up 73-71, and then we get a stop and we come back down, and Renew takes a really contested shot through two people on the low block. And I think he had the little wraparound baseline to the strong side corner available, if I remember right. Um, so the possession before, we scored to take a two-point lead because we did the kickouts right, and then Renew trying too hard. And again, he did a great job. But you got Indiana's got to do a better job of recognizing that bad shots in the lane are just like turnovers, just like a really bad three. And and Indiana is taking a lot of those, in in my uh, opinion. That And then the following up three – you either like it or you don't like it. I love it with this team because we got great rebounders. My big fear in fouling up three is if you don't have a rebounder and then you give uh, the other team. But I thought Woodson utilized that. He called a timeout. They've practiced it. They did it before half court so the guy couldn't really raise up and try to get a three-point. I thought that was a great decision by Coach Woodson. I've gone back and forth in my coaching career. I am now a believer in fouling up three, especially if you have an advantage rebounding. Yeah, it was it was interesting to me. I was trying to think as it got down the stretch there, how much of that we even saw last year at all. They just I didn't I didn't really recall a lot of situations where I you had to make that decision. So uh as it as it got there, but I thought they did a good job of slowing McDaniel up enough, knowing that's who they wanted to get the ball to on the run and giving that foul, you know, sixty feet from the basket so it's not gonna turn into that scenario. I was uh I was glad we didn't have to find out, but I was curious at the end if Ware had not deflected that pass and they got the ball inbounds, were they going to try to do it again? It gets pretty dicey in that situation because with two seconds left, they're taking a maybe a dribble or two and trying to get into a shot, but they're going to try to get into a shot real quick if it seems like you're going to foul. So don't know what they would have done there, but um, and, Andy, a lot of coaches like said, under I'm glad not to find out. <laughs> a lot of coaches under three seconds call it off. It's usually ten seconds to three seconds is where you're going to file. You might have two of those depending on how quickly they file on an inbounds. But the coaches that I've talked about to, it's usually around the two to three second call. It, it like you said, it is too much danger um, for a catch and shoot and get three uh, files. So uh, I, I think, um, yeah, the three second, they, they wouldn't have filed. They would have just defended at that point yeah. would have been my guess. Yeah, so Ryan, one one other moment, and I wanted to use it as a way to talk about Trey Galloway. It's a it's a play that ended up working out really well for him, and it ties in with what Coach said to some of the post kickouts. It was a possession, relatively late. Michigan had switched. IU did a good job of recognizing it, getting it to where they came with the double. He could just see over everybody. Threw a skip pass across the court. Renew 
kind of walled off the guy. Galloway goes in, gets fouled, and, and scores. He he was uh, really up and down. It took a ton yep. of shots tonight for IU. It was three of twelve, only three Led of the six team in the shots. line. Missed all three of his uh, three point shots. Didn't get a rebound. Um, two assists, one steal. No turnovers. I mean, no no turnovers. Uh, Some know, of those just, threes should have counted, though. You know, just a really. Uh, you know, I think he made some really good plays at times. They got him going a little bit early in the second half, made a couple of nice uh, drives to the basket, but really struggled a lot. And I, and I think it, it probably goes back a little bit to what we've talked about so much this season, that there's a lot on his plate right now, uh, more so than just even playing the position that he's being asked to play. That is exaggerated without Xavier Johnson. Uh, but it felt like out in the Maryland game, you know, you felt like a little bit of the old Trey was there. Maybe he's turning the corner, getting back to what he was. Um, and while he made some winning plays at, at times in this game was really one where he struggled a little bit. What did, what did you see from him that contributed to, to that? It seems like his shots kind of taken a regression back to what it was a couple of years ago. Um, just, just thoughts on, on what you saw from him that, that led to some of the struggles that he had. Well, I think coach will back me up on this just because both of us have observed a lot of shooting in our lives. Uh, he's aiming the ball right now and he's really has no confidence in his shot. He knows it's not going in. He just feels like he has to shoot it. And that's death for anybody taking a shot anywhere on the floor, whether you're two inches from the hoop or 25 feet away. If you're thinking about it and you are not confident, there is zero chance that ball's going in unless you miss wildly and bank it in accidentally. Like that's the only chance you've got. And so that's what's going on with Trey with his shot. And I don't know if that's going to get better this year. He might hit a few this year, but I, I, it's, it's not last year. It certainly is not last year. Um, I'll say this on that play you're referencing Andy, where they got the kick around and he drove to the basket and scored. That was the first time I had seen Trey Galloway all night. You know, the, the real Trey Galloway. It was the first time I'd seen the real guy all night. Maybe at the beginning of the second half, he drove in, had a little bit of a that short hook kind of floater he had to go in. That that seemed like Trey, too. But that was a guy who caught the ball and went confidently to the hoop through contact and scored, as we've seen him do a thousand times. That was him. And that's what he needs to be. He doesn't have to shoot 12 times in a game. He should not be leading this team in shots or free throws at any point this season. And he did both tonight. That's a recipe for Indiana losing. Indiana was able to overcome that. And because of the contributions they got from everybody else. But if Trey Gallo is taking 12 shots in a game, Indiana's in trouble. And <clears throat> especially when, you know, Khalil Ware's taking 10, Malik Renew's taking 11, you know, and it's not like those guys were living at the free throw line to make up for that. So I, 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 I think Trey's been up and down. I think he's a leader on this team. He has new responsibilities. He's again, as you said, having to be the primary ball handler a lot. That's a, that's not where he's at his best. That's just the nature of Indiana's guard depth right now. They weren't able to get a point guard in the transfer portal, a backup point guard. It's on he and Gabe cups to be the other two ball handlers. CJ Gunn can't do that yet. Maybe eventually they can get him to do that. Uh, but you're looking at a guy who's got a lot to do and it's clear at times he's not comfortable. I thought he found a comfort zone against Maryland, but that was an up and this was a down. And so we'll see where he settles in for this season. Uh, but tonight was ugly in a lot of ways. I, I think it affected his defense at times too. He made some dumb plays. I mean, there was a time he fouled Doug McDaniel. He had his hand on Doug McDaniel, reached out and grabbed him late in the second half, 20 feet from the basket. Doug McDaniel's not pulling up and hitting a three from there. He's trying to drive you and do a pull up and you're reaching out and grabbing him instead of fighting over a screen or calling for a switch. That you, you put him on the line. He he made. I think he only made one of the two, so you didn't get burned too badly. But 
you know, you're giving free points away there. You're a senior, you're, you're a leader. You're supposed to be better than that. And I just think it was a bad night for Trey in general with some really big moments sprinkled in. And that drive was huge for him. And it was huge for Indiana as well. Ryan, I agree. Uh, Trey brings so much to this team. And one of the things that, that he doesn't need to do is score. Uh, 10 no. points, maybe. You need him, you need him when you they leave him, him 10 alone. Points. Yeah. Fast breaks, steals, those drives down the lane. Uh, but, yeah, he, he is overthinking his shot right now. Uh, and he's taking seriously the responsibility for production almost to a fault. Uh, in, in some of the plays at the rim that I talked about in the shooting, it'll come around. He had a great game against Maryland. Uh, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where he had more assists against Maryland. He, I don't know that he had an assist tonight. If Indiana only had a few as we transition into numbers, I think they only had seven assists tonight. Tonight was a north-south game anyway um, with them pressuring. Uh, still think we should have more assists than just uh, seven overall. Uh, but the execution and the passing, the turnovers, all that stuff happened in the, in the first half. But, yeah, he just struggled tonight. Uh, yet he made some big plays down the stretch, and that's hence the – can you improve within the game? And and both he and Renew made winning plays at the end. That's what you want from your, your veteran players because you would want these guys to be perfect 32 games in a row. They're not. Indiana's 2-0 and without their starting point guard in the Big Ten on the road with their best players taking a half to get going for the most half. That is, that is really uh, uh, pretty impressive that they stayed with it. Many IU teams of regimes near and – and not so near would have lost this game uh, because they weren't prepared to play on the road. And that's a credit to these coaching staff and to these kids, uh, these young men that, uh, you know, they handled it tonight. Yes, they didn't. Uh, Trey did not have a good Stuffness. game. Yeah, Stuffness, it, it is. And you're going to need that because you're going to have to win against better competition. You know, Michigan's talented, not a super great team. You're going to run into Auburn. You're going to run into Kansas. We need one of those games. Games like this can really – move uh, Indiana closer to winning those types of games. All right, before we transition to stats, a reminder that the Meaningful Moment is brought to you by our friends at the Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, you can visit HoosierTicketProject.org. Again, that's HoosierTicketProject.org. And as we get ready to go inside the numbers, these are brought to you by Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding area and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and chat mob Hall of Famer Megan Mahaffey and her team in Bloomington, Bedford, and Martinsville by calling 812-339-3334 or visiting jacksonhewitt.com. Well, guys, in terms of key stats... um, I'll throw this out, and and this is probably a jumping off point to to everything. You know, IU made their three threes, uh, and they were they were done. But I, if you look at the composition of where IU scored, it's a little bit more what I guess you would want. Uh, you got fifty two points in the paint, fifteen points at the free throw line, nine points on threes, and two other points somewhere on a on a mid range shot. Um, you know, it, this is not going to be. <laughs> a team and i think coach you you said this in the discord like we got to stop hoping that there's going to be a bunch of threes because there just aren't going to be um and i think there were times that guys had shots open to take and they didn't there was one possession i swear we passed up three wide open threes to kick it to it was almost else, like they were told on that position who do would not then shoot. pass up a wide open three to yeah. pass to somebody else who's wide open who would then also not shoot the ball but yeah um you know but i i think you know points in the paint you almost doubles up michigan and i think as you look at that 
you know, shot diet, whatever you want to say, you know, Michigan only hit four threes, took 17 on the game, which is really, yeah. you know, a, a, a fairly low number. IU was able to run them off the line a little bit. And if you think about how these numbers come together for them, you know, they had 28 points in the paint and they made 22 two point field goals. So, you know, that means they made eight mid range shots outside the lane. Um, those are shots you're kind of willing to give up. And I yeah. think coach that speaks a little bit to some of the things we've seen change a little bit schematically from a defensive standpoint of not giving up as many wide open threes, being able to run guys off the line and force them into the shots that I, you might want them to take as opposed to the shots that the offense wants to take. Yeah. Again, I, I credit the scheme. I, I think in the last few days, they've gone away from the, the massive one through four switching. Cause I think, that got Renew in some in some foul trouble. He still got in foul trouble with that. Uh, I think they're staying. They still have the nail slot rim philosophy, but sometimes they're on the elbow. Sometimes they don't switch. I just am really impressed with that that change because the threes were going down at high volumes uh, and, and kept poor teams in ball games early. And and that that's that's what you do as a coach. You you have a philosophy. If things aren't working, you got to tweak it a little bit. But I I think all of that. The effort for these guys have been there since game one. Um, and and now, you know, their execution's getting a little better defensively. The scheme's getting better, in my opinion, defensively. And you're seeing that against Maryland, they took away what Maryland did well. Against uh, Michigan, I think they took away uh, Doug from the point guard position. He didn't score a lot uh, tonight. And he had been, um, you know, the guy who who runs that offense. So, it, it um, I, I think you have to – you have to – the three-point line is so important in a college game. You got to guard it, uh, and, and you got to do what you can to guard it. And then you got to you got to execute on offense and utilize it on, on offense as well. But um, I think defensively, Indiana is is really starting to to gel, uh, and they're they're going to need that again as competition gets even um, stiffer. Yeah, and coach, you mentioned this. This is another one that that sticks out maybe on the the negative side. IU with seven assists. Uh, on 30 made baskets compared to 13 turnovers. Like I mentioned, just three of those turnovers came in the second half, uh, which was quite an improvement. Um, you know, as you said, it was a little bit more of a north-south game. Michigan only with eight assists on 26 makes. You know, Ryan, what are driving you, buckets? Yeah, it, yeah that's yeah. what I was just going to say. I, I, I think I think a lot of that was Michigan was really pressing up on guys on the outside, and when they were when IU was aggressive, it tended to result in fouls being called they, they got a lot of fouls on Michigan early in the second half by just making moves to the basket yep. um they were up on top of everybody and as coach said you know first half guys get kind of leaning back and trying to figure out how they can do something when somebody's right up in their chest but I thought that was where a Caleb Banks didn't care ripped went to the hoop uh and so I think some of that led to the the low assist numbers but um, you know, Ryan, feel free to comment on that. But uh, any other numbers stand yeah. out to you as you look well, over the stat sheet? In relation to the assist numbers, you look at Indiana had took 29 layups. Now, they only made 16 because they were 50% in the first half. But if you're taking a lot of layups, it usually means you're driving. And if you drive, it takes away the assist. And so I think that that has a lot to do with that. Um, you'd obviously like that. <laughs> that success rate to be a little higher, uh, but they scored 78 points. It's really hard to complain about how that worked. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, I thought the ball moved and then it didn't. I thought there were long stretches where it was just throw it in the post and, you know, hope somebody makes a one-on-one play, which sometimes they did, 
But I thought then in other stretches, the ball did move really well. But you still got those lulls where, you know, I think IU went, you know, three minutes without a bucket at one point in the second half. And the ball was just stagnant. And and, and that's going to, again, lead to a just depressed assist number. As for other stats, you know, we talk about IU needing to shoot more threes and make more threes and be a more three-point dependent offense and a, better, a more balanced offense. That's only necessary if you're giving up threes on the other end and you're assuming the other teams are going to shoot 30, 33% from three, shooting about 20, 20 to between, between 18 and 25 of them. Well, Michigan only made four and Indiana made three. So that's not imperative in this game. Where it's going to be imperative is where you face a team that lives and dies at three-point line. They start hitting them. You got to be able to counter that. Now, maybe you counter it by scoring 70 or, you know, 60 points in the paint. They got 52 tonight. Maybe you can counter it that way. But in general, you tend to have to be able to counter punch with three-point shooting teams, with good three-point shooting teams. They didn't have to do that tonight. And so Indiana going three of nine and Michigan going four of 17 on an efficiency basis, Indiana won the three-point line tonight. I don't know how often that's going to happen. It's still a concern moving forward, especially with a guy like Galloway not shooting well. You hope C.J. Gunn comes up. You hope Caleb Banks keeps being able to shoot. You hope Khalil Ware feels comfortable out there some more. Maybe X comes back and can hit some. You don't need to make 15 a game, but you need to be able to counterpunch what other teams do. And tonight, they didn't need to do that because Michigan was terrible out there. So, And, and some of that is, is credit to Indiana's defense on the perimeter, of course. So I, we get a lot of people talking about that. Well, they, they won. Why do you care about the three-point line? It's all about projecting out what it's going to be eventually. And so they need to be able to counter that at some point, whether it's at the free throw line, whether it's with just dominating the paint, whatever, you got to be able to counter punch those threes tonight. They didn't need it. I think Indiana won the three point line tonight, even though they came a three point short, they did it in eight fewer shots. So a, a solid performance there. And then the last thing I'd say is rebounding was dead even on the road. That's, that's a great sign for Indiana. You know, the other thing you got to be prepared for to hit some threes, and I don't think Indiana will ever be a volume three, and, and I'm okay no, with that. No, not going to happen. But you, you need to hit maybe six or seven. If Indiana hits six or seven, they're going to be very hard to beat. But teams are going to, you know, we have, we we play in a league that has great coaches. You know, almost all of them are, ha- have some really good strategies, and they're going to start taking away the strength of Indiana, which is inside game. And you want to be balanced. If you're heavy one way or the other, good coaches can really put a dent in your offensive game plan uh, by their defensive strategy. Indiana, again, I, I, I'm going to beat this t- uh, to death, but Indiana has enough threes if they share the basketball a little more and take better shots against traffic in the lane. Yep. You're drawing the defense, and we're more of a catch-and-shoot three than we are going to be flare screens, and I, I've just come to realize that. But we're missing opportunities when we are successful driving or posting the ball, and they double. There are and, – and they rotate and get teams in rotation. you got to make teams pay for that. And I think we could hit five or six threes – uh, you know, and that the one play, the, the one where um, if we hit that up two and we kick it around and get a one more and a one more and we happen to hit a three, it's 76 to 71 game over. Uh, that's a dagger yeah. three. So you don't need to make 10 threes and take 50. No. That's not what we're talking about. You need to hit timely threes. And Miller Copy even said this too. You need to get good threes. I think there are good threes to be had the way Indiana is currently playing with a little more uh, execution and vision of, of getting rid of the basketball. I think the last thing on that, Coach, is guys just need to be confident in taking them. Like, yes. I, I, there were a couple times where guys just passed them up tonight, and I think it's just a 
I, you know, I, I, I don't mean this in a negative way, but it's kind of a culture thing of like, we've got these two great guys inside. Let's feed them. Let's feed them. Let's, or we, we got to drive the ball. It's better to drive where, the ball where it's, Hey, if, if Mbako's standing open on the three point line, I'll let him take that all day. If Gabe's guarded, let him there, take it. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Gabe cups had a couple tonight where he just kept the ball moving. It's like, no, Gabe, you're starting. You can take that shot, man. You know, we've how about the shot them, fake so. one dribble step aside? We see a lot in the college game. You know, a closeout <laughs> yeah. comes, you shot fake, step out and and, and shoot a three instead from, of instead of that from shot fake, instead of that shot fake, and then oh no, I got to get rid of it. Yeah, no, yeah. I just want these yeah. guys to have more confidence, confidence shooting it because I think they've got the talent to make them. You know, it's just yep. a matter of getting too. it in their heads that it's okay to do it. So um, this year, I don't think they're going to have that problem of needing them manufactured for them as much just got to be willing to take them when they're there because they're there yep yep two other quick numbers before we break here one of these ryan mentioned earlier uh but you know nine guys played for iu everybody scored and eight of the nine guys had at least six points and the other thing we often cite blocks and steals as a as a proxy for uh, activity level on defense iu with four blocks and eight steals uh, four of those steals coming uh, from C.J. Gunn, who actually had one of the block shots on a nice uh, help defense yeah. play where he timed the jump on on Kamwa trying to take a shot uh, and knock that out of bounds. So uh, Great play good. by both he and Walker. Their Walker slid over and he took the ball. It was great. Yep, yep, exactly. So, All right, uh, coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls. I think a lot of good options. And who's your hustle award? Also a lot of good options. So uh, we'll do those, discuss a lingering question or two and look ahead to IU's upcoming opponent. That's all next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Deron Davis. And what's the only thing better than dominating a dude big man in the post? It's celebrated with friends afterwards. Join Gerard, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the Assembly Hall call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. 
Yeah, Gerard could make it. That's unfortunate. Gerard is not here. Gerard's uh, busy. But you're uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Minus Gerard. Uh, I'm Andy Bottoms here with the coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips, and we're breaking down Indiana's 78-75 victory over Michigan. It's now time for our game balls, which are presented by our friends Allie and James at Bloom Environmental. As we enter the colder months and begin to stay indoors a bit more, they want to make sure everyone knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation and through service pipes of homes. If you want to find out more about getting a free radon test kit, you can contact Bloom Environmental today and mention the assembly call. Uh, they'll give you that free radon test kit and mitigation assessment from there. You can learn more about that at bloomenviro.com. All right, game balls. Uh, fellas, a, a handful of options for this one. Uh, I look it's forward toughest to, in the season. I look forward to you guys splitting the vote, leaving me to break the tie, as uh, I can only imagine will, uh, will occur. Uh, so uh, I suppose I could get out in front of it, but I'm not quite sure who I think I want to give it to yet. So I'm maybe maybe willing to listen to arguments on either side. Uh, Coach, I'll, I'll throw it to you first for your uh, who gets your game ball tonight. Yeah, I think there's uh, three possibilities. I think Khalil Ware, I think Malik Renew for his late play and domination, and then for C.J. Gunn changing the dynamic throughout the game could get game balls. Um, I, I think it's just it's absolutely tough, but I'm going to go with Ware. Uh, I think his start to the game uh, was solid. Uh, you know, I Renew's turnovers and his poor play in the first half, I didn't think he played a complete game. If you want to go Renew, it's because he dominated at the end and led us in scoring at 15, but Ware was right there. I, I loved his rebounding effort. I loved his sky hook, uh, his presence defensively. And again, I thought uh, it wasn't one of his better games. I, I think he's had more dominating and, and better games, uh, but um, I, I'm going to go with aware. All right, Ryan, which way are you going to go? I've mentioned this a lot on this show, and I was told uh, in journalism school that how you finish is all with, with something you're writing or a movie or whatever. How it ends is what people remember. Uh Unfortunately, my philosophy on that could cut two ways here because Khalil Ware had the, that last play, and that, that's all everybody's going to remember from this. But in the second half, Malik Renew had 11 points, uh, three rebounds, uh, a block. He played 17 minutes against Ware's 16, and he was plus 10 where Ware was plus two. Uh, so, Coach, I don't want to even repeat what you just put in the chat right now. Uh, but on the game, I, I really think that Renew's – when I when the chips were down for IU in the second half, when they were behind, he took over and and got them right back in the game. And uh, Gerard uh, Morris texted us actually and said Malik needs to take this game over right now, and he obliged and did. And I, I think he got to give it to Malik. I think Ware's amazing. We expect that from him now. But Malik led him in scoring. He had six rebounds, two offensive. Uh, he did have the four turnovers, um, but he only had two fouls. Also, and this was the game he could have gotten into foul trouble. And he didn't. He stayed out of foul trouble. Uh, two blocks, 33 minutes, and a plus six. He had more blocks than where. Um, so I'm going to have to go with with Malik by the thinnest of margins here. Well, as I knew you guys would, you left this to me to uh, to break the tie. Both both made compelling arguments in this in this case. Um, my, my lean, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. My lean was where coming in. Uh, I think he makes the game winning shot deflects that very last pass and i think what coach mentioned about the start was so important for this yeah. team um to be able to settle in get a little bit of a lead play with some confidence uh and and i think what 
it, what you saw from IU when he went out of the game in the first half was it was really where things started to get away from him a little bit. They had a five point lead when he he left with a second foul, and they just kind of tried to limp their way to the finish line of and get into halftime in, in a relatively close game. And so I think just his presence defensively continues to be such a deterrent for opponents. And I thought defensively, when they switched him on to Kamwa for a bit, I don't think Kamwa scored too much after that. Uh, and so I, I'll give it to Khalil. I thought some big rebounds in traffic, as Coach mentioned, in the, in the game-winning bucket. Don't think you could really go wrong uh, with either guy, but I will, uh, I'll will i give mine to Khalil Ware, who is uh, you know, taking the mantle from uh, TJD in terms of uh, game balls. It's his sixth uh, on the season. I think this was the hardest one of the other. Well, it's back-to-back hard ones because Galloway was real tough with yes. Ware last time. But I think I think this is the hardest one we've had all year because it was the tail two halves for those guys. If Ware doesn't make the game-winning shot, I think it's Malik's game ball. But I, I agree with you guys. Yeah. I think it's 50-50, and, and Ware was fantastic tonight. We need all right. Him. All right, well, let's do the Hoosier Hustle Award now, which I think a lot of worthy candidates, but I think maybe a little bit easier choice on this one. Hi, this is Anthony Leo, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, I have some exciting news to share about our friends at Evansville Security Services. They've been acquired. They are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either, but it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the security pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit securitypro247.com to learn more. That's securitypro247.com. And tell them Anthony Leo sent you. All right. Well, like I said, guys, I think that the while the choices here are plentiful, uh, I do think there's probably a clear... Uh, a clear choice to be made here. So Ryan, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, I know you already put yours in the, in the chat. Yeah. I don't think it's a contest. I think it's, it's CJ gone. Uh, just so much energy coach is right. He changed the flow of the game when he came in, he, you know, the offense, great eight points, hit two threes, hit two free throws, but two rebounds. Uh, he did have two turnovers. One of them was just a, a bad decision on a pass, but, and then the other one was, you know, the, the breakaway that just kind of fell apart. But he had a block and four steals. When was the last time? You know, four steals is insane for 20 minutes of play. And they were plus five when he was in the game. Uh, they were a better team with him on the floor, and he earned minutes late. And that was the big key is you saw him on the floor late playing defense. And he was all over the place. Love that for CJ Gunn and love it for him moving forward. Exciting to see because we know what kind of player he can be. If he just kind of finds his footing and his role, and it feels like he's starting to do that. So I, I thought this was his best game as a Hoosier tonight. Coach, who gets your hustle award? Yeah, CJ Gunn for me for all the reasons there. Plus, uh, our student intern, Josh Pose, was up at Michigan, and he texted me that if I didn't go CJ Gunn, he was going to try to get me fired. Like, I don't know where this kid comes from. You know, he's been on the show twice, and now now he thinks he can decide. Josh, call us. We'll talk. It's, you know. <laughs> um, but um, – and Josh, by the way, said the locker room was going nuts as they were waiting for the players to come out. The media was out there. They were waiting for Woody to get done with uh, uh, just a huge uh, victory on the road. You get to fly home now and do all that stuff. You know, that 
that's that's stuff that really can make a a, a team get better uh, within. We always say, yeah, you learn when you lose. Well, you learn when you win too, and, and it's a heck of a lot better to win. But C.J. Gunn, proud of him. A lot of us had said that if he can reach uh, the level we think he can as soon as he can, it helps this Indiana program. Well, tonight was that night with the steals, the deflections, the all-out hustle. And, again, playing through the adversity. Uh, he makes a bad play, throws a ball, which is a Michigan bucket. He, he missed a layup on one end, and he makes a hustle play. Those are things I like to watch as a coach. What do you do when you make a mistake? What What is your next move? Does it take you two or three minutes to sulk and, and – and, you know, then start playing hard again, and C.J. had none of that. He played through his mistakes tonight and and made hustle plays. Just didn't play. He made hustle plays immediately after having uh, some, some trouble. So um, hopefully that continues and his shot making continues. It'll still be up and down. He and Banks will still have up and down. That's what sophomore players, uh, developmental sophomore players will do. But tonight was a night where he was ready when his number was called and, and really uh, produced at a high level, especially with the energy. Uh, yeah, he get, he gets mine as well. I think this was a, a far easier one than the game ball conversation, and and it's it's something uh, that Ant Wright talked about with with Jared and Tony uh, on I guess it was yesterday on Monday, um, and it, you know just talking about he just wanted him to be able to play uh, more to try to figure try to let him figure things out, and I think he earned the right tonight with his play to get more run with the starters and to be able to figure things out. And he flourished, um, made a couple, you know, he would follow up a good play with a, you know, a questionable one every once in a while. But like coach said, he got right back in it when that would happen and, and really just never gave up on any of the plays played solid defense, uh, knocked down some, a, a couple big three pointers and, and just really hope that this can be a springboard for him, uh, as he moves forward, because, you know, given, you don't know when, how long X is going to be out and you just, you know, Galloway has been up and down. If somebody can ease some of the scoring burden that Galloway clearly feels, you know, we talked earlier, whether that's necessary or not. Reality is he feels some of that scoring burden to be able to, uh, to produce points. I think if CJ is able to come in and take a little bit of the, the load off from that perspective and you're not losing anything defensively when you're putting him in the game, cause he's playing so well on that end. I think that's, uh, that's really huge. And so excited for him to get those minutes make the most of them, and, and hopefully that's something that he can really build on uh, going forward. That is CJ's second Hoosier Hustle Award. This one has been a little bit less lopsided. He ties uh, Anthony Walker and Gabe Cups uh, for the season lead uh, with two apiece. So lots of guys in the mix there. Um, don't want to uh, go too much into lingering questions or really even the IU-Auburn preview because it's quite late here, but uh, – you know, lingering question-wise, I think a couple come to mind. One is, uh, what kind of guard player are you going to be able to get against Auburn? I guess maybe I'll, I'll kind of lump these both together as a, a by way of uh, previewing the game a little bit. Uh, you know, great opportunity for a neutral court uh, game against Auburn. They're coming off a loss to Appalachian State, uh, who's a, a pretty good team. But, um, you know, you look at Auburn, really, really tough defensively. They're going to get out and be physical and pressure you. How do I use guards hold up to that kind of pressure? Um, because that was something that, that gave IU some struggles uh, earlier in this game. And, and how does Trey bounce back to me is probably the biggest lingering question. How can he figure out the balance between, you know, how do you, how do you get more of Maryland Trey versus what you got tonight? Um, and some of the highlights that he had tonight, how do those become more of the, the norm as opposed to some of the other plays, you know, 
Co- coaches, you look at that game, uh, any you know, kind of quick thoughts looking ahead to Auburn and, and what that might mean uh, or things you're going to be looking for uh, from IU's guards in that situation? Well, I think IU's played a couple dynamic point guards uh, without X and come out uh, victorious. I think that's key, too, because you're going to get the same type of, of guard play with Auburn. But the question is, can Indiana – Put, when is Indiana going to put a complete game together? That is one through nine playing better together, not anyone playing bad for a half or whatever. Or uh, as we saw in the last game against Maryland, 30 minutes of great basketball, and then we kind of coasted at the end. Against the next two opponents, you're going to have to find a way to play complete games. It would be nice to get X back uh, if he's healthy and can play to be uh, have a full roster. Uh, but, you know, I haven't watched a whole lot of Auburn yet, but they're real relentless. Uh, and, you know, we beat two teams that were better than, which is what you did. You took care of business, and especially on the road, without your starting point guard, that, that is fantastic. But the question still lingers, is it good enough to compete against the best teams on your schedule? I don't know that the answer is yes. I'm not sure the answer is no either. We just don't know yet until we see it. Great opportunities the next two Saturdays uh, to get a key win. For the resume, road win was step one. You win one of these non-conference games that's left, that would be step two, uh, and then let's go uh, compete in the Big Ten. Yeah, these next two, really, as you look at the schedule and kind of look through these four games of Maryland, Michigan, Auburn, Kansas, you've, you've got two, you've banked two Big Ten wins at this point. Now you get into the only two, games left in the non-conference slate that are going to move the needle one way or the other can you find a way to get one of those games uh obviously it would be great to get both of them um but you know can you find a way to get one of those so you've at least got something you can point to in your non-conference that says hey i was able to either win a key neutral site game or you know beat one of the 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 big boys at home uh in that kansas game so i think these you know, the, the team has really navigated this stretch. I think they should come into these games with confidence, which is something that I think pretty easy to question uh, at times before that. But, um, you know, how they bounce back and, and respond uh, will be interesting to see uh, as we move forward. But with that, you're listening to the IU, uh, the Assembly Call IU postgame show. You can remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel and use the code HOME23 at checkout to get 15% off your first order. Coach, we were doing really well. I don't know that we need to play that quite yet i felt like we had we had gotten through the you know early game jitters where we kind of kicked the ball around a little bit and then it's late uh, it's late here it's know. late for, it's later for you guys it's real late i mean maybe that's just a sign the coach is ready to go to bed and he just wants to shut yeah, it down sorry and he's about just that. like coach you don't need to do final thoughts you're done like an like an award yeah. show where they just kind of play off i forgot music. we maybe did final thoughts <laughs> of course you're okay you're okay it's 12 it's 12 36 uh, absolutely all right time. when you when you go to Home Field Apparel, use the promo code HOME23 at checkout to get 15% off your first order. And now it is time for last call. I feel compelled to go to Coach first, uh, although just him going first, uh, the fact that uh, he opened this up doesn't really allow him to leave once he's done. But I'll throw it yeah. to him first anyway. Uh, Coach, uh, uh, last call my on performance the uh, tonight, tonight. My performance tonight was worse than some of those guys' first half performance with turnovers. I had four turnovers on the production board. You're like sparks tonight. free throw. I own it. I, I own it. It's bad. I'll have to learn from it. I'll watch tape. Uh, I, I will. I will get. This better. show was your UConn. It was. Yeah, I, you're gonna I, uh, learn from it. It was a complete failure on on my part. But 
a good win. Any road win in the Big Ten is good. Uh, you know, Michigan is four and five, but they have talent. And when you travel for the first time collectively with this team, you have to be pleased. I thought there were a lot of good things, always some lingering uh, questions out there, but uh, you got some time. Uh, you know, a few days now to get ready, fly down to Atlanta and, and really try to straighten some things out, get some people healthy. But tonight was, you know, you felt good throughout the game and then you were just afraid that things were going to maybe turn bad. And it's just nice to know that Indiana basketball can find a way when you weren't playing perfectly to grind out a win on the road. So uh, whenever I do get to bed after sending this to Ari, I will sleep tight and wake up uh, very proud of, of the effort and anxious to keep getting better because we're going to need to get better against the top co- uh, competition. Absolutely. Ryan, your last call from the game? Yeah, how about this fan base tonight, guys? We had like 1,300 people watching live at midnight. Uh, so 800 still in there now. I, I, I mean, with all the mistakes, guys, why are you still here? It's, uh, but no, thank you everybody for tuning in. I, I think it just says how starved people are for a big win like this, uh, you know, a road win in the big 10. And, and I've had some people in my mentions on, on Twitter stuff being like, yeah, well, Michigan's bad. And, you know, should we really be celebrating this, this much? And it's like, can you imagine yes. if they lost? Like we, you, you went just so you guys know, win is better than a loss in the end. And you want to bank it now because Michigan's a team that's talented, could get it together down the road. And this win could look great in a few weeks, in a, in a few months even. Um, so, yeah, winning a, a road game, I don't care if it's Northwestern. I don't care if it's Penn State. I don't care Rutgers. Like, I don't care who you're playing. A win on the road is always big in the Big Ten. And and the goal in the Big Ten is win your home games, try and win half your road games, and you'll be in contention for a championship. And so IU took a big step tonight. You've banked a win. You know, you've banked a road win. You're 2-0 to start the conference. You're the first 2-0 team in the conference. Um, You know, you're not Purdue. You didn't go on the road in a game you were supposed to win and stub your toe. And IU wasn't even supposed to win this game on the metrics. So... It's a big win for Indiana. Uh, it's a big win for this team. Like, forget the IU program. Forget, you know, the name on the jersey. These kids needed a, a, a win to put them together, to, to, to continue to build this. Because we've said what they do now is what they're going to be in January. We're going to know in January. Things like this along the way, these signpost wins are huge for building that confidence, building that continuity, building that chemistry. That plane flight home is going to be so fun, guys, and they're going to be so motivated to have another good plane flight home the next time they play on the road. So big win for Indiana. Got to be proud of those guys for maybe things weren't going their way. They toughed it out in the end, and you got just a brilliant play from your NBA center there uh, at the end to 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 really notch the win and, and, and be the biggest play of the game. But everybody contributed, and I think that's the most encouraging part. So now they got to keep it's, – it's always – we always say it. It's not about the win. It's not about the loss. It's how you respond to it, how you carry it forward. So let's see how they can carry forward. How do they deal with success moving forward? And this team's shown over the last couple of games, they do pretty well with success. So we'll see if that keeps going. Yeah, I think from my perspective, uh, we've talked about this a lot and kind of the journey that this team is going to be on. And I don't think it started the way that people thought that it would, but you're starting to see it come together. You're starting to see more and more signs of guys figuring things out guys understanding roles, uh, guys playing with more confidence and, and, and being able 
to come back from difficult situations in the game. I thought, you know, a lot of coaches' comments about resiliency uh, really ring true with a bunch of guys who have not played together all that much. Uh, and I think there's something powerful. If they can start to get to a point where they believe they can win some of these games, fall back on these experiences of, hey, this game seemed to be getting away with us. We righted the ship and and really uh, and and scored almost every possession down the stretch of the game. Uh, when they really locked in and focused after things seemed like they could have gotten away, they could have let that five point, you know, deficit get to 10, lose the game and go home and be like, well, tough big 10 road game. Just couldn't get it done. But they, uh, you know, found a way to, to rally together without, uh, the guy that you would expect to be running the show at this point. And so to bank two big 10 wins without Xavier Johnson, uh, I think it's given opportunities to other guys who have really, uh, who have really seized the opportunity uh, and played well. And so hopefully those things become springboards for, for those individual players, but also for the team. And so, you know, not there yet, still mistakes and, and things that this team can do better, but, but you're starting to see some of the things that made you excited about at least the athleticism uh, of the guys who are on this team. And uh, I think as we've, we've talked about, you've seen some schematic adjustments that, uh, don't feel like guys are just out there making the same mistakes over and over and over again without uh, fixing it, without it being addressed. Uh, and so I, I think it's, uh, you know, hopefully a, a run of exciting play for these guys. And, and like we said, two two biggest non-conference games are left on the schedule uh, coming up in the next two Saturdays and see how they get through those. And um, But at least you know when Big Ten play starts up again in January, you're already 2-0. and And uh, so I think that's huge. And, and as you look at ways to build confidence for this team, these guys are excited, it sounded like, as Coach said, in the locker room, and they deserve to be because, uh, you know, any Big Ten road win is a good Big Ten road win and uh, and super happy for them and, and how they were able to pull through even when there were times that things weren't going their way and, um, you know, fixed a lot of things in the game. So 7-1, and one, uh, excited to see what this team can become as they continue on this journey and they continue to grow. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll be glad to follow along, and, and maybe this is a game we look back at and say, hey, this is – this is something the experience they had here uh, pulled them through another game as they uh, as they get further into the season. But that'll do it for this uh, to, for tonight's edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to substack.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show, and special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you on Thursday night. Until then, take it from me, Jordan Halls. Keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. That's it. We're done. No more questions. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Hey, the show's over. Here I come, Coach Tonsoni. Not one chance she's awake right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. Hey, he's going to tap her on the shoulder. She's going to be like, get off of me. <laughs> yeah. Andy, Andy and I totally screwed that up on purpose so that Jared, Jared has to do the show and the producing all at once. <laughs> so, so we could get fired from that job. Sorry about all that. I, I need to have my no, screen we, up. I coach, no, the people didn't good. leave in mass. You're fine. Uh, you know, oh. you're good. We we had a pretty good uh, system worked out when we were doing the assembly call radio shows, but I uh, clearly forgot that some things are different 
uh, yes, during the actual exactly. post-game shows as I sit there and cause dead silence while waiting for you to play something that you had no reason <laughs> to play. So, Hey, so FYI, everybody, uh, one note, uh, tomorrow the Big Lead's biggest article of the year comes out. Please go to the site and read it. You'll find it on Twitter. Don't just click on the tweet. Click on the article for me. Uh, it's something we spent six months working on. It's the Sports Media Awards, and uh, it basically consumes has consumed my life for the last month, and the only breaks I've gotten is to do this show. So I am probably going to be up from now until it publishes in the mornings, which will be at 10 Eastern. So uh, you guys uh, go enjoy sleep. I will not. And uh, please click on that tomorrow if you get a chance. If you see it, uh, I'm sure the assembly call account will share it too. But uh, it's our biggest day of the year, so other than the Super Bowl, so please go uh, go check that out. Help me out a little bit. I'd appreciate it. Definitely. That's all. I do feel like Coach and I blew our chance at winning one of these awards. Yes, you guys tonight. did. You were in the running. Oh, in the gotta, running for podcast. That's something, hosts, that's something we've got to live with. And uh, you know, I got to go rewrite that now. It's kind all, of a pain in the ass, but this will you only know, make us better as we go yeah, forward. It so. will. You'll learn, and next year it'll it'll you'll come through. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, everybody, go check that out. Uh, Coach and I Thank need you, to get it. some rest, uh, and uh, hope everybody enjoyed their first IU game on Peacock. What a time to be alive, and so glad we can enjoy it together. All right, guys. Good night, everybody.